All the Books show, recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library. We talk book news, author news, and literary news. I'm Eric Mickles. And I'm Nick Gunning. And this is a special off-the-books episode of a previously recorded segment that Nick and I did in a past episode. <laughs> released separately for your own enjoyment, separated from the day-to-day news that we released. Are you getting a nickel every time you say separated? Yes. You better roll the segment. Yeah. I was suggested, as I mentioned, that we talk about some of our favorite uh, fiction, non-fiction movies uh, that deal with uh, wartime. So we have a few lists we're going to go through. We're going to talk about some of our favorites. Hit me with one of yours. Are we talking about books right now? Yeah, let's talk books. All right. Well, uh, after we got this topic, we realized I haven't read a lot. Mm -hmm. So I'll say Dispatches. Yeah. Because that's the nonfiction book. That's the one about the uh, newspaper dispatch. Yeah. Who, the reporter who was on the ground during Vietnam and uh, writing about it. Uh, Michael Herr is Mm -hmm. what I think it was. Okay. Um, And we talked about this during the uh, more nonfiction, even more nonfiction, because of the. Who's doing that list? The Guardian? Yeah. 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 Guardian's doing that top 100 fiction, Mm -hmm. nonfiction one, and they included that one. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Um, And if you've seen um, Apocalypse Now, You've mm-hmm. kind of seen like almost an adapted okay. movie of it. So it just talks about the weirdness and the insanity and uh, all that of Vietnam. <clears throat> I have a, a war war movie. I haven't seen tons of war movies because I find them just so upsetting. You know, hmm. the ones that really like get in there and get detailed because it's just, you know, it's the kind of thing that, that happens that's happening all the time. So it's just, it's more, it's more upsetting than something just like make believe or made up because like, you know, right. That, it's horrible. I've got um, those and it's just I've weird. got AMC's top twenty uh, war movies. Oh yeah, you'll never a, forget. That's a good. List. However, mm-hmm. I'm looking at it. It's I've only I've seen the top seven except for one. Okay, so one. Uh, if we're talking nonfiction for a minute, I also read... they have a list for Home Alone movies. Mm, no, I don't think that's relevant. <laughs> okay, uh, although the violence in those is also pretty hard to, to get <laughs> sure. through. Sure. Uh, my favorite nonfiction here would be Hiroshima by John Hersey. And this is, have you read this book? No. It's a. It's just a small book, and it's it's told with, like, eyewitness accounts of, of the bombs. And it, the, the tone of it, the style of it, is just really straightforward and really sparse, and it just makes it that much more powerful and upsetting. And it was one of those books that, like, I finished it and was just like, man, it's not something you could say, like, oh, what a great book. That was, that was so fun to read because it's really... You know, it's upsetting and it's emotional. I'm glad that I read it, but it definitely it was hard. It was hard to read. Right. What was that one that you read about? Um, it was correspondence. Didn't you read a book about... War letters. Yeah. Yeah. I have that. Yeah. We have that in our collection. Yeah. What about it? Well, I don't know. I, uh, I it's just it. a collection I, of... I um, it's a collection of... I'm sorry. I just found out there was a home loan for it. And like, my yeah. world is just like learn about this but Uh it was a collection of uh letters people wrote uh soldiers wrote Mm -hmm. uh during like all uh different wars i think it went i'm not sure civil war i think maybe oh okay um maybe it goes further back than that are they are they grouped into like they're grouped by wars they're grouped by wars okay so not like by is what i remember um it's been a while since i've Mm -hmm. i've looked through it you seem to really like that yeah i mean it's interesting just the way they talk about the war in the letters, you know? It's very yeah. uh, matter-of-fact. Mm-hmm. They don't write about yeah, it like, can you thing. believe there's a bomb going off right. right next to me? They're like, yeah, we're just held up waiting for the bombs to stop 20 feet next to us, yeah. and then I guess we'll get up and make breakfast and keep charging through. Yeah, there's something upsetting about how quickly that just becomes matter-of-fact yeah. and, you know, just accept it as like, oh, yeah, here's what I did today. Yeah. Then it's horrific, you know, and 
and to hear about it in, in those terms is, is tough. Uh, I've read a little bit more fiction, I think, than nonfiction. Um, some of the ones that stand out to me, uh, Articles of War uh-huh. by Nick Arvin. That was one that uh, was, it's a short book. It's about a, a very young guy who goes in and just doesn't know what to expect. And it just sort of goes through the motions and you just, uh, you know, you really like, you get invested in him and you, and you follow the story along. And, and again, like we're saying, so many of the little things that happen are just so like, yeah, that's a thing that happens. And you just move on. Like they just don't have time to like process that or grieve or be upset about it because you just have to keep moving. So that one really drove that home. Of course, Ken Follett's Century Trilogy. Um, that is probably the most detailed thing I've ever read. The first one's World War One, second World right. War Two, and those are just—I mean, you see it from all sides. So he does a really good job of making it so, you know, you're never you're never really wholly on anyone's side, mm-hmm. you know, and, and characters, even on sides that you know we all can sort of agree were villainous. You know, there's characters who are thrust in there who are just sort of stuck, and you feel for them too. So right. he does a really good job of of making it. Yeah. Not feel like good guys versus bad guys, but just like people in terrible situations. Mm-hmm. So those are very powerful books. Uh-huh. Um, the flip of that is Tony Early's The Blue Star, which follows a, it's a teenager uh-huh. and it's during World War II. And he's seen, you know, his uncles, his older, older friends, you know, mm-hmm. 17, 18, going off to war and he's sort of left behind. And it's, and that's more about, you know, the, the people who don't go and how things affect them. So you, you see it from the other side. Also a really powerful book. Uh, so those those are probably my my tops in there. Okay. Um, I hate MASH. That was, that's the one. You hate the book MASH. I hate the book MASH. You yeah, love the show Richard MASH. Richard. I haven't seen the show or the movie. I've only read the book. I've seen the movie. And I didn't like the book so much that I didn't movie was all right. like <laughs> going in and reading the others. But anyway, was there fiction? that you, Have you read much war fiction? Uh... Oh, you know what? I read uh, Naked, The Naked and the Dead. Oh, Norman by Mailer. Yeah. Norman Mailer. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good. Yeah, well, that tends to be high on the list of. Yeah, you know, can't believe I forgot about that one. Military fiction. I did read that one. It was that's good. A, it was depressing. That's a long. Showed how too, like yeah. pointless war can be, because mm-hmm. like some people just die for no reason in it. They just like climbing to climb something and they fall to their death, and it's just kind of like, you know, it's rough. It's, yeah, it's sad. Um, I've read The Forever War by, uh, Joe Halt, uh-oh, Halden, yeah, okay. Joe Halden, um, which is a sci-fi book, but he wrote it, uh, about his experiences in v- Vietnam. Oh, okay. And, uh, kind of like, in that book, the soldier, the main, uh, the character, they experience a lot of, uh, time dilation. Okay. Which is, um... When a character's out in space, like if you've seen Interstellar, a character's out in space, they are uh, in different gravity, they experience time differently than everybody else. So while they're out fighting this war, Earth is, you know, um, going through time much faster. So they come back to an Earth that they don't even recognize anymore. Um, Kind of how some soldiers have come back from war and they don't, you know, time stood still for them in that war, but then they come back and everything seems so changed you know mm-hmm. life has moved on right um people seem to have forgotten especially mm-hmm. um you know vietnam soldiers when they came back weren't treated like the heroes of previous wars right. um so there was a lot of that a lot of the idea that um because of how they're out there fighting at a on like a different time thing it's almost like 
people forget then why they're fighting these aliens. Um, and it just seems like the war is just going on and on and on forever yeah. and ever. Um, it's really good. It's, it's uh, definitely a pretty good anti-war book. Okay. Um, it is sci-fi, but it's, it's very good. And well, I think he, was, he, was a, he was drafted. Okay. Into Vietnam, and he wrote it pretty quickly after he returned. There, there are other examples of that. I mean, using using the veil of sci-fi to yeah. to you know explore some of those darker yeah ideas. So that's that's certainly not uh, unique in that, but um, it sounds like they did it well. Yeah, we have some stuff in the kids, uh, our young adult section. That I want to read. Uh, one of them's called Vietnam, there, and one's called World War Two. They're written by the author Chris Lynch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just about like young, younger, like sixteen, seventeen year olds who are often those those wars and their experience. Um, They're a pretty popular book series. Okay. If you have a kid who's interested in, uh, who likes reading the I Survived series, uh, that's a good jump for them. There's, we also have a, I don't know if you've read this one, but we have in our YA graphics section, one called Dogs of War by Sheila Keenan. Yeah, I haven't read that one yet, though. That's, I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's like dogs, (laughs) you know, that are are assigned to soldiers and and go out. So it makes it that much more upsetting. (laughs) Anytime <laughs> dogs get Sorry, hurt, man, yeah. just, you know. Why don't you watch Max? Course. No, I'm never, <laughs> I'm never going to watch that. Well, let's talk movies for a minute. Okay. I know a- AMC's list I thought was pretty good. We do got AMC's list. They don't count two things that I would definitely say uh, okay. because they're shows, um, oh. both HBO. Uh, uh-oh, Band of Brothers uh-huh. and uh, The Pacific. Okay. So Band of Brothers is amazing. It's great. It's like one of the best World War II stories I've ever seen. The Pacific is so depressing. Mm. It's just because it's this, it's World War II, but it's all about the Pacific theater, which feels just feels less direct. I mean, you know what everybody's fighting for on the German front, mm-hmm. and for the most part, you know what everybody's fighting on the Pacific front. It's just you know the reason we were in that war seemed it, we the war that just it just didn't need to happen. Mm. You know if imperialistic Japan had made their decision and just war so brutal. You know, you watch it and you're like, you think about how small some of that land is they were fighting over in the Pacific. It's mm-hmm. really depressing how many people died and how many gruesome ways they died. HBO? Yeah. This so, um, I can't remember his name. Joe Mazzarella? He played Timmy. He played Tim in Jurassic Park. Oh. He's in it all grown oh, yeah. up. Uh, but it's, it's, it's still really good. But Band of Brothers is, is great. I could watch Band of Brothers again. Okay. So, I mean, both are, you know, depressing, but mm-hmm. uh, really good. So, there we go. All Talk right. about that. <laughs> so, the AMC want, list. Yeah. You want to go through it? Sure. Yeah. I haven't Starting seen a lot bottom. of these films. We'll start at the bottom. Yeah. yeah. Number 20, yeah. Good Morning Vietnam. Have you seen it? No, Robin, Robin Williams. Williams. No, I haven't. Oh, boy. All right. Number 19, 30 Seconds Over Tokyo. Oh, that's older. That's uh, Spencer eight, Tracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Green Barrettes. Berets. Uh, beret. Yeah, berets. <laughs> That'd be something else. Have you seen my green berets? <laughs> now do you check the kit? The... Oh, that was... I didn't realize John Wayne directed that. I didn't know that there he you go. was a director. Directed and started. Wow. 17, All Quiet on the Western Front. I haven't seen it. Yeah, this is AMC. I don't know who AMC like thinks they are, giving out lists like this, <laughs> like they're some kind of... Uh, Just uh, a holdover for when they actually were America's movie channel. <laughs> yeah, what was the... Uh, what's the people that make the list... I don't know. IFC? Not, no, the institution, the ones who made like the 100 best list of all time. Oh, I, yeah, I don't I can't remember either. now. Yeah. Oh, well. The American film, AFI. AFI. Oh, yeah, you AMC, yeah. you're not AFI. Yeah. Boy. Okay, let's get to <laughs> number 16, the big red one. A veteran soldier leads his uh, beleaguered squad through the battles of World War II. Also stars Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill and Lee Marvin. Wow. All right. Uh, Kelly's Heroes. 
number 14, Letters from Iwo Jima. I've been meaning to watch this one forever. That's two Clint Eastwoods in a row. It's Clint Eastwood. It's uh, Ken Wattenby. Mm-hmm. But I have not watched it yet. Uh, Stalag 17 at number 13. Okay. Nothing. All right. I a Bridge Too it. Far at number 12. Anthony Hopkins, Gene Hackman, Sean, O'Con- Sean Connery. Number 11, Sergeant York. All right. Uh, it's Gary Cooper. I haven't seen it, though. Top 10. Oh, I haven't seen The Dirty Dozen. Well, that's, yeah, spoiler. Number 10 is Dirty Dozen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Have me you either. seen it? No. no. Okay. Everybody's always comparing something to The Dirty right. Dozen. So, <laughs> uh, unfortunately for The Dirty Dozen, including Suicide Squad. Right. So, that's they probably like, no, no, yeah. we're, we, don't we want didn't that. really inspire that. We don't want it. Number nine, Tora, Tora, Tora uh, was also uh, partially directed by Akira Kurosawa. Oh, okay. Uh, famed Japanese filmmaker mm-hmm. of Seven Samurai. And Yojimbo. Anyway. Right. Uh, number eight, Midway. I've never heard of that. All right. Here we are for, for movies I've seen. Charles number seven, seen. Apocalypse Now. I haven't seen it. I love it. It's really? so good. Oh. It's so great. It's so crazy. I like Brando. It's fin- he's, he's only in it for like the last bit. No. Oh. Well, uh, I still like him. It's really uh, Martin Sheen's Oh, I love movie. Martin Sheen. He's crazy in it, man. Mm. He, uh, and he broke his... Uh, he broke a mirror in like a scene where in the beginning where he's just kind of like bored and everything and he like punches a mirror and he did that in real life and it was just bleeding. Oh, he like wow. stopped them from sending in the the meds team because he was just like he's like, I'm gonna use this. He's like, I don't know who I am anymore. Just like Crazy. look at it's yeah. Um a young uh Lawrence Fishburne is in that. Mm-hmm. Like when I say young, I mean like seventeen year old Lawrence oh, Fishburne wow. is in that. Um it really is a, a great movie. Harrison Ford's in it for like two seconds. Oh. So. Good guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right, number six, The Bridge on the River Kwai. Oh, I do love that movie. All right, you've seen that movie. Yeah, that's with, good uh, Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness. Going yeah. a little crazy. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, I just watched that recently because it's part of the uh, AFI list of oh, top okay. 100 movies. I think it's in the top 10. Mm-hmm. So, it's pretty good. Nothing? All right. Okay. No, Going around. All right. Like Number five, Patton. But, I, with George C. Scott. No, really? I have seen, seen it. this. It's uh, it's very good. Okay. Uh, it's, it's weird because it's a movie that is filmed in the late... Oh, I can't remember if it was the 70s or 60s, but it like... It has like a 70s sense of storytelling, mm-hmm. but like a 60s sense of cinematography. You know what I mean? Okay. So you kind of get these like two distinct eras of filmmaking. You get like the grand scope, widescreen mm-hmm. scope of uh, previous decades, but you can like the storytelling and the gore is a little bit higher. It's it's just it's strange. It's okay. a strange juxtaposition. Hmm. All right, I haven't seen it. Oh boy, Kubrick. Yeah. What? Where? What are we talking about? Kubrick. Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, that number four though is Platoon. Oh, sorry. So I've never seen Platoon. That's the only of the top seven oh, I, no, haven't I haven't seen. Oh no, I haven't seen it either. All right, uh, I don't think you've seen any war films. No, I haven't seen. So, I, the only thing I've seen on this list is Bridge on the River Kwai. No, that's not true. Because uh, number three, Full Metal Jacket. I haven't seen it. What are you talking about? You haven't seen Apocalypse Now. It's easy Seinfeld. No, I haven't. Seen it. <laughs> what do you mean? I can't do it. Uh-huh. I don't, when I'm trying to do a Seinfeld, I can't. Yeah. Uh, Full Metal Jacket is crazy. Okay. Uh, some I have friends who have watched it, and when it ends, uh, when the second half of the movie starts, and you actually go to Vietnam, they kind of turn it off because for them, it's all about the training hmm. uh, story about him training um, and just the craziness of that as well. 
Uh, number two, Black Hawk Down. You've never seen Black Hawk Down. No. Black Hawk Down is one of my favorite movies of all time. I'll it's watch constantly it. in my top five, list, depending on how I feel. Let's do it. It is depressing. It always makes me feel like I'm not doing anything with my life. Well, no wonder you love it. Because it's depressing? Yeah. No, it's it's uplifting. It, oh, I mean, okay. it uh Josh Hartnett, Ewan McGregor, Elena Bloom for a few seconds, hmm. um, Tom Sizemore, Sam Shepard, uh, the guy I like, Hulk, Eric Bana. Mm-hmm. Whew, almost forgot his name there. I'll watch it. Yeah, it's really good. Um, they still consider that mission a success, even though... Don't uh, tell me. I haven't seen it. Well, because they, they were shot down, so it was like the mission of getting... Right. Anyway, they're sent on a rescue mission. Okay. It's rough. Uh, in Somalia. It was a great soundtrack. That's Ridley Scott. Hmm. The, I don't know if you know who Ridley Scott is. Yeah. He directed Blade Runner. Right. Which is And The Martian. Yeah, he did. All right, there you go. So somewhere in between there for you, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, right, yep. Number one, Saving Private Ryan. You've seen Saving Private Ryan. No. Shut your mouth. I can't handle the gore. Wow. I'm sorry. I, I wonder if our soldiers could I'm have so, handled I'm, it. Well, that's what Jeez, I'm saying. That's man. why I started this and said that I had trouble with these kind of movies because it's just so real. There's, you can't divorce yourself Saving Private from Ryan the fact is that this so is like good. real. And I just, it sticks with me in a way that I don't like. I can't. I yeah, can't get there's some stuff head. in the third act of uh, Saving Private Ryan that will yeah, right. feel good. I can't do it. Tom Hanks is so good in it. Yeah. Everybody's good I'm in sure. It. Yeah, it's a great cast. You got a Vin Diesel before always, he was Vin Diesel in there. I've always wanted to see it. I just Good for you. you know. <laughs> well, do yourself a favor and watch the top ten. All right. Or at least the top seven is the ones I've seen. Yeah, okay. And we'll both watch Platoon together. Sure. To have gotten through there. I'm in. Listen, when you suggest us to do a topic and we don't know about it, uh-huh. s- sorry, listeners. Uh-huh. Because this is what happens. You keep saying that over and over again. No, <laughs> I keep. Making it seem like we. I keep saying. Uh, Alright, there's lots of this. books on. Uh, there's lots of lists online about the best war novels ever. Yeah. Um, there's there's all sorts of there's classics like the, we've covered some of the classics here. It's Spielberg. A list that <laughs> is the thing. Yes, I know. So like, if you were watching through Spielberg movies, you would have had to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've. I can't explain anymore why I haven't seen it. <laughs> I can't cover it more deeply. The opening... I mean, everybody talks about the opening scene in Saving Private Ryan, the uh, the storming of Normandy, right? The, yeah. That's the beach. I, I believe that it's a great movie. Okay. It seems like a great movie. <laughs> All right. Do you anyway, want to watch it? The list... When's no, your birthday? I'm never going to watch it. <laughs> the list that I settled on to share Ever? today is one that's... Um, it's uh, Publishers Weekly did a thing where... Uh, a uh, veteran, Adrian Bonenberger, uh, had a memoir that came out that had a lot of fanfare called Afghan Post. Um, and he did a thing for Publishers Weekly where he went and listed what he thought were the top 10 contemporary war books that, like, capture mm. the feel. Yeah, all these so, movies are, I mean, I think Black Hawk Down came out in 2000, I'm going to say, like, 2002, 2003. And that's the newest one on here. So this isn't stuff that, you know... It doesn't look like they've included stuff like Lone Survivor mm-hmm. or uh, American Sniper. Not a lot of stuff about the Middle uh, East here. Mm-hmm. So go on. <laughs> oh, no. Th- so this is, this is a list um, put together by uh, Adrian Bonenberger, a veteran and author of the memoir Afghan Post. The, uh, ten, ten contemporary books that he thought captured it. And there's some atypical choices on here. So I thought this might be more interesting than, than looking at um, you know, a list of just the classics. So number one, The Brief and Frightening Reign of Phil by George Saunders. Okay. The Greatest Living Author's Variation. This is... Uh, the author, uh, sorry, Adrian Bonenberger's uh, take here. The greatest living author's variation on the theme of Orwell's classic Animal Farm. 
Uh, number two, this one surprised me, but The Hunger Games. He says this should be considered because Collins claims to have received inspiration from the Muse during a channel surfing session that went from a reality television competition to footage from the invasion of Iraq. Mm-hmm. He said, I read it in, in a three hours in a single sitting. The idea of children being sent to compete for honor by a decaying society dependent on exploitation, entertainment, and technology-driven consumerism for relevance make The Hunger Games the quintessential science fiction book to describe the wars. Which I imagine you would disagree with, mm-hmm. <laughs> but our creator of this list here thinks otherwise. The Kite Runner by Khaled Hosseini. Now I haven't read I haven't read any of her things here. No. Um, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk by Ben Fountain. This is being made into a movie. Uh, this was a finalist for the National Book Award, uh, being made into a movie, I believe, next year. Number five, The Sand Queen by Helen Benedict. He says the only compelling fictional account I've read of a woman in combat. Interesting. Ooh. That's probably got him uh, in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Fobbit by David Abrams. I didn't... Fobbit. F-O-B-B-I-T. No, it's Hobbit. Just <laughs> I didn't read know. this book Hobbit. until August of 2013 and immediately regretted that I hadn't written it myself. Although as a combat vet, I'm not sure I could have spoken with the same freedom that Abrams did without it coming across as ungracious. Interesting. Uh, number seven on his list, Sparta by Roxana Robinson, a novel about the psychological toll of war and how that can unravel even the most outstanding idealistic soldier's life. Number eight, 101 Nights by Benjamin Buvoltz, one of the most emotionally challenging books written about the current wars. The Watch by Joy Deep Roy Bakhticharya. The Watch begins when an Afghan woman approaches a small unit of Americans in Afghanistan in an effort to recover her brother's dead body. Interesting. Uh, And finally, number 10, also up for the National Book Award, The Yellow Birds by Kevin Powers. The Yellow Birds is a beautifully written story about an American... Uh, soldiers in Iraq, a poetic and lyrical description of two enlisted men struggling to survive during the worst of the fighting. So uh, that that's, again, a list from Publishers Weekly. Uh, you can find that uh, on Twitter, at Publishers Weekly. Um, I like this list because it was it was personal. You know, it was it mm-hmm. was about this uh, man who who you know detailed his experience in uh, his memoir, and then yeah. you know these are ones that spoke to him. So I found this a little bit more like I, I'm more invested in this like i would like to read these books because because of that personal uh experience that that um went into compiling it so uh, i enjoyed that but i haven't read aside from the hunger games i haven't read any of those um had you had you even heard of some of them i know yellow birds has gotten a lot of attention and billy lynn's long halftime walk no i haven't um but yeah so i think that that movie is coming out next year but anyway any other final thoughts no all right all right. So nice list of movies. I think we have most of those movies, and they're certainly in the STLS yes. collection. So if you're interested in any of those movies or any of those books, we can get them for you. Okay. This is the place. Yeah. So stop in, check out one of these books or movies that we've just talked about. If you enjoyed this segment, you can find the full episode at soundcloud.com slash all the books. You can also find it where, Eric? All the books show on iTunes, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> That's right. You can talk to us on Twitter at All the Book Show, Facebook at David A. Howe Public Library. You can email us at wellsville at stls.org. Take a minute to rate and share the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.